Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate? Owning has a special for home purchases where owning pays all your closing costs and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice as crow and title services. Call 8338580066 for terms and conditions. That's 8332-OWNING or owning.com. 8332-OWNING or owning.com. Hi, I'm John Meacham, the host of Cadence 13's new podcast, Fate of Fact on how America and its political parties got to where we are today. Available now on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Evan Jenkins, Rico Beard. Evan, Final Four is set. No teams east of the Mississippi are in it. It's Texas versus Texas, California. Well, not California, but uh, what, Washington or Spokane? Yeah, Spokane, Washington versus uh, California in the other matchup. Gonzaga, UCLA, and Baylor, which just, and Houston. And I'm going to say this now that Michigan is out, this tournament needed blue bloods, this tournament needed the main teams. It's lacking that. I doubt if anybody watches this Final Four. You know why? There's no villain. There's nobody you hate. Probably the closest we would have had, the country would have had, would have been Michigan. Would have been the team that everybody hates. There's no villain. There's no team to root against. There's no, oh, not them again. It's, as I like to say, it's as if Coastal Carolina was going up against, uh, you know, BYU. BYU <laughs> going up against, you know, Louisville versus going up against Indiana. There's also no Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. You know, there's no, I mean, Timmy's nice. Suggs is nice for Gonzaga, but those aren't household names. The, the only storyline in this tournament right now. It's undefeated. Gonzaga. If Gonzaga loses to UCLA, no one's watching this. No. And, and for those who sit there, oh, well, you know, you just say, if, if the game Against UCLA was Florida State, UCLA. No Michigan fan was going to stay up till twelve thirty to watch a fifty-one forty-nine rock fight. Okay, that set basketball back. The, the only thing missing was the peach basket and the jump ball after every basket because it was not a good game. Uh, it was a game where every possession counted for Michigan. It was a game that the lack of Isaiah Livers finally caught up to them. 
you knew it was going to happen. Just, it was a magic carpet ride. Uh, Johnny Zhujiang showed up for UCLA. Uh, Tiger Campbell showed up for UCLA. Yeah, his second half was huge for them. He was a little iffy in the first, but he came out in the second half ready to go. But when you look at Mike Smith, when, when you look at Franz Wagner, and they were two for 17 for the entire game, it was, it, you missed Isaiah. Because you at least would have had a second score. You would have had something. It was, I mean, nothing. And the fact that I think if you're going to say that Michigan played great defense against LSU and a great defense against Florida State when really those two teams kind of shot themselves in the foot, then I guess you got to give UCLA credit. Michigan, 10 for 20 on layups or shots a foot or so away from the rim. UCLA had them going at bad angles and putting up bad shots right at the basket, including, I mean, it was one where I think somebody came up and cleaned it up, but Austin Davis missed a dunk. <laughs> oh, yeah, and there was. And well, I think Chandy Brown came and, and cleaned it up for him, but it was like, did you just miss a dunk? There, all the talk was how Michigan was going to have the size advantage big time on uh, UCLA, and which they do. But it didn't work out for him no. because it seemed early on that was Michigan's move was to just flat out try to muscle him down low, and it wasn't going to work, right? Right. It started working later in the second half, and then they kind of went away from it. Yeah. I thought they played better. Michigan played better in a stretch with Austin Davis and Mike and Mike Smith on the bench. They went on an 8-0 run, and then they put – Dickinson back in, and he was nice, but he's limited is what you're finding out. Mm -hmm. He is. He'll never go to his right hand. So you know where he's going with the ball. Absolutely. And they also let let UCLA dictate the tempo. They played UCLA's game even down to the very end because they didn't run plays. And it was always the smart thing about Juwan Howard and his team was they stayed in their offense. You saw hero ball for the final four shots. You saw four guys who wanted to be the hero, four guys who wanted to live in infamy, four guys trying to make that Kenny Goins-type moment where they hit this big shot. Well, Franz had it wide open. Mike Smith had it originally. Yeah. I'm just going to dribble down and jack up a three, and uh, okay, you're down two. Why not drive to the basket and get the foul? And you have plenty of time. But, I mean, that kind of goes back to the game against Ohio State with the last play call, right? Yeah. If there's one thing that maybe, you know, because you can't put all the blame on the kids, even though I know that they're the ones out on the court. But Jawan and his coaching staff had done such an awesome job all the way through the tournament to then kind of just hit a roadblock to where they didn't know what to do, it seemed like. Didn't it? Because there was one player scoring for UCLA last night. Yeah. One. For the longest, it was just one. Yeah, right. And they were still missing out on screens. Like, why don't you switch that at that point? That's what they're doing on you. They're switching on everything. And there was multiple times where they had the switch, Michigan did, where Dickinson had a mismatch down low and they couldn't get him the ball. And that has to be so frustrating for the coaching staff, for the players. And it was just odd to see it transpire because you're exactly right. UCLA did what Michigan normally does to teams, Mm -hmm. makes them not play the way that they had all year. 
And that was what happened in, what, the five losses for Michigan? Mm -hmm. Teams got under their skin and made them not do what they do so well, and that's run their offense, run their sets, and not get out of themselves. And I thought there was a moment where Michigan got up, and I said they should cruise from here on out. Cronin, I have to give him a lot of credit because I bagged on him before the tournament started that this guy blew game after game after game. He did, and that was their knock is they couldn't hold on to a lead going into the tournament. Now they've learned how to win. Michigan got a one-point lead, and that was the most it became. It That was it. Which is crazy because every tournament game that Michigan's had, when they got that lead, they put their foot on your throat, and you were not getting back because up. Because here's what happened. Every possession was every possession counted in that game, every one. And you saw confidence on UCLA. You saw hope that on Michigan's side, they would hope the ball would go in, whereas, you know, Johnny Zhujang and Tiger Campbell, you knew the ball was going to go in. Now, there are other guys, uh, Bernard. Oh, that kid struggled all he game. He struggled, and he put up two baskets. At the that, end of the game. That, that you know what, I, he doesn't even know how they went in. That that runner that he just banked in was incredible. And he, you know, he got the ball stolen, and he got it back, and just threw it at the basket, and it goes in. Your, your Michigan... Look, if it was Final Four or bust, then guess what, guys? You didn't make the Final Four. This was disappointing, and I I, I lowered the bar to Elite Eight when Livers went down because I said they're not going to make the Final Four. But if you truly want to show me that you're a great team, you overcome that. And people are like, well, that's not fair. And I'm like, once again, when Langford goes down, Michigan State still rallied, beat Duke, made it to the Final Four. You, you you adapted, and I thought Juwan had adapted without Isaiah Livers, but you, it was going to come back to bite you. One day you were going to need that score, and you didn't get it. Chandy Brown didn't come off the bench and drop 21 points. You know, Brandon Johns wasn't that guy. He, I, he was early on, and they went away from him. I think he scored like three straight buckets, and then you didn't hear from him again. He took it straight to the rack. He did everything that you thought he could do, and then – well, it was a play that Johns did uh, late in the game that I'm like, you know what? That tells me he doesn't have a good basketball IQ. It was a fast break. He comes down and he blocks the shot. Yes. But instead of blocking the shot and getting it to his teammate, he had to flex his muscle and throw it into the third row. Looks great on the highlight reel. It's still UCLA's ball, and they scored on that play. I think that was the play where Bernard trips and falls and stumbles and makes the basket. Dude, it was three. it was three on one. You block the shot. You just hit it hard enough that one of your teammates get it. That's the difference in this game. It's also you, – you you can nitpick at a lot within the game. But what, was it Franz shot that Eli Brooks rebounded and just ridiculously threw it up behind his head instead of coming down gathering? And, and it was just – they got out of what they do normally. And Wagner, I don't – wouldn't you say he comes back after that performance? No, he's gone. And you still think he's a first-round pick? I mean, Kay Cunningham had a poor tournament. He's going to leave. Now, is he a first-round pick? I, I don't know. I mean, I, he may be a first-round pick. He's definitely not a lottery pick. I never saw a lottery on him. But this is a kid who already played professional basketball. Is he really going to get better at Michigan, or can you pay me to get better in the NBA? Or the G League or whatever right, it might so you, be. Right, so you, you might as well go to the G League and get paid for to do this. Rather, I think 
come back to Michigan. I, I think Hunter Dickinson is back. Eli yeah. Brooks says he's going to discuss it over with his family. I think the uh, Mike Smith, I, from what I read, I actually has like job offers waiting for him. So, well, you got that Columbia degree. I'm sure that right. you have actual companies that. that was the one I don't I, know what his major is, but I mean that's right. one hell of a degree. Right, and then Michigan on top of it. Because I'm thinking, okay, well he if he comes back, you know he's the difference maker. But no, I think he's gone. He's just gonna. He's got a job. The waiting on him. That's um, amazing. Congrats to that kid. Uh, Eli Brooks. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be a different team. I do think that kind of unlike football, where I think the two teams in the state will struggle, I think in basketball, the two teams in the state will go back to the top. I mean, Michigan State picked up Tyson Walker, point guard from Northeastern, averaged 17, I mean, 18 points a game, like almost five assists a game. He was the uh, CAA Defensive Player of the Year. You know, they Tom Izzo picked him up on Saturday, lost Rocket Watts on Monday, I believe. Yep. I think this is the point guard that Izzo did not have last year. It would have been too much to ask Jaden Akins to, to be that guy. That's just too much pressure. And could he have done it? I don't know. But it's rare when a freshman just comes in and leads a team that well as a point guard. And can There's just a learning curve. Control the game. In Michigan State, the most important position is point guard, flat out. I mean, think of it. Mateen couldn't do it. Denzel couldn't do it. Uh, uh, Kalen couldn't do it. No, I mean. Cassius couldn't do it. The only one that actually came in as a freshman as a point guard was Magic. And actually led the team. I was going to say Marcus Taylor a little bit, but he was more so his sophomore year than his freshman year. Yeah, but his freshman year, it was just Marcus Taylor. Right. No, 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 I'll take that back. No, his freshman year, it was, no, because he didn't have to. He still had Charlie Bell there. Yeah. So Charlie Bell kind of took the load of the team and said, I'll run the point, Marcus. Take notes. Learn from me how to do this. And then by his sophomore year, Team was garbage, and Marcus just shot fifty times a game. Yes, exactly. But you know, now now bringing in Tyson is really going to help out the Spartans. They lose Rocket, and see, I thought that if Rocket stayed, it was going to help his game. It was going to help him go back to being in that two guard position, and he actually would have developed and got better. Instead, Rocket, I guess Izzo had a talk. Izzo asked him to be the point guard. I guess they mutually agreed to just part ways. I'm hearing that he's probably headed to Louisville or Florida State, which would be good for him because those are two schools where he could just kind of go and and put up shots. And especially at Florida State, hey, Leonard Hamilton, go just do what you want to do, guys. Just go out there and shoot. I mean, he's got a lot of ability. Whichever team gets him, I mean, he's a good player still. I know a lot of State fans say, oh, he's just Mark Watts. Now, he would have became Rocket had he stayed. Now, the question is, you know, what's MSU going to do next? Are they going to continue in the portal? What happens with Imani Bates? There's a lot of big ifs. I mean, just from today, recording this podcast, from what I'm hearing, sounds as if Bates is still planning on reclassifying and coming to MSU. I know a ton of writers are saying that's never going to happen, but I remember when People told me that Miles Bridges was never going to come back for a second year. And I'm like, guys, he is. No, it doesn't make any sense. and doesn't have to make sense. And from the people that I'm talking to, because Bates can't go to the pros, he's 
because of his age, he's he's like in this this category where he he's he, he's he can't. He's not even old enough to go to the G League. That right. Team. So he may end up being a Spartan for if for two seasons <laughs> because he can't go to. Is the he sixteen or seventeen right now? He's seventeen right now, I believe. Okay, it's just. If I'm that kid, listen, I didn't have that opportunity to leave high school early and go play big-time basketball, but it seems like it would be a a no-brainer, wouldn't it? Instead of playing in high school, you at least up your game. You up your game. And you you, learn to become a man, right? You you know that you're not going to go – you're not going to get your degree. You're going to the league. Right. So, you know, I guess this is where it pays off that Izzo was the only coach that really recruited him. He wants that college experience. He's good friends with Gabe Brown. I think Gabe is the key. Now, if Gabe ends up transferring out, then I think there's no chance that Amani Bates. Don't you think that would have already happened by now? Yeah, I I would think so. But, I mean, people are opting out. So, yeah, I mean, you know, especially with Gabe, like was there some bad blood over the end of that UCLA game? Yeah, I think I'm just wondering because – I feel like next year is the year that Gabe can finally be the man that he wants to be. I think Gabe's a captain. I think Gabe's a starter. Gabe yeah, is, stay on the floor for 30 minutes a game. Gabe basically gets the Aaron Henry treatment. Gabe, you know what? You shot 40-some percent from the three-point line. Go out there, lead this team. And he's starting to get more comfortable taking the ball to the rack. I mean, he's trying. I, I know he tries to dunk it every time he gets there, but you've seen progression in his game to where you think he could be a big star on that team. Yeah. So, so that's why I, I would only question Gabe Brown. I could see somebody like maybe Marcus Bingham looking to go elsewhere and get more minutes. See, I think Bingham probably would have, but I think the final couple of games may have showed Bingham what he could become. Yeah, so. and have fun doing it. You don't have to score 30 points. You can right. get five blocks, seven well, boards. I think, I think he started taking the game seriously and, and realizing what the things that he could do. It's kind of like in the movie when the hero finally at the end says, figures out the power. Oh, my God, I I was that good all the time. Yes. Well, he's figuring out to use his body without trying to be a crazy athlete. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you can block shots with jumping four inches off the ground and dominate a game just because you're intimidating with that long wingspan. And that's where he can change the game is on the defensive side. So I look at that, plus you got the, uh, the guys coming in. Uh, I, you know, from Pierre Brooks, we talked about Jaden Aiken. So, I, you know, Max Christie. Max Christie is probably the one that's going to be a starter of the three. I look for him to go into that, uh, you know, probably that play the three spot, 6'6 six, six guy. Um, I, I guess I think Michigan, Michigan State are probably going to be at the top of the Big Ten next year. There's going to be some great battles between the two. It's good for here. Gotta, I mean, gotta, I love gotta, it. I think for Michigan, you got to see who comes back. Uh, I think so. Yeah, you probably got a week. They'll probably lose a couple people, or just say, you know what, I'm out of here. Don't know if you got any guys in the transfer. Maybe Zeb Jackson. I don't know. He may hit the transfer portal. I don't know. He didn't seem to have a role on the team. No, so. not really. He played a little bit, but he didn't really get in in the tournament at all. So, but yeah. I mean, you got to expect growing pains with freshmen. But he looked like a freshman when he was out there. But do you think like Austin Davis comes back for a six year? I mean, if I was that kid, I would. He's such a a good uh, backup to I, Dickinson. Yeah, but you, but you got uh, I think his name is Musa Diamante coming in. Okay, they got the number one recruiting class. Yeah, oh yeah. So those guys didn't come to sit and learn from Austin Davis. That's true. 
I think you got one. Either Hunter Dickinson comes back or Austin Davis comes back, but you can't have both. So they'll probably Hunter. I, I, Hunter's a four year player to me, man. I I don't see NBA in his game at all. I see a guy that at, by year four will probably become one of Michigan's best big men ever. But I don't think you should be worried about is he going to go pro or not because I just don't see that in his game. Yeah, and the question with him is can he develop a right hand, which you need in the NBA. You need to be able to use both hands. And can he develop a mid-range jumper? Right, and right now he's a dinosaur. He plays a position that doesn't exist in the NBA anymore. No, and, and you can see even in college a six foot eight, six foot nine kid can guard him and get under his skin. Look at what the kid from UCLA did. And, I mean, Michigan had everything go right for them, but yet everything go wrong at the same time. The fact that number two fouled out, was in foul trouble the entire game, and you could see when he was in there, he could exert his will, and he could get buckets down low. Mm -hmm. And they got foul trouble on him so quick. They had two kids playing that barely play in 14, forget what his name is. Then they brought in the other kid that should have been in high school right now with the long hair that played in the second half. I well, mean, everything yeah. went right. Well, yeah, Riley was Cody Riley got into foul trouble immediately. Yes. Like he was he was done and then he would come back in, get his third foul, he'd be back out. Yeah. Come back in, play two possessions, get his fourth foul, go back out. Yeah. And that's their that's their force inside. And so you have these young kids playing where you're like, "Okay, we're going to take advantage of them." And that 14 played so well. Yeah. For them, that that <laughs> he was the MVP for them last night. If you ask me, yeah, it was a Kenneth. Was it Wumba? Yeah, it's a it's a tough last name. That's why I'm not saying. Yeah, it. but yeah, he came in. He was. It, they did just enough. They scrapped together. They at halftime they only had three guys who scored. Yeah, that was it. That was, I mean, if you think about that, it, it was Yuzhang scored. It was Campbell scored and Jaquez. That was their only and, scores. And they held Jaquez to do nothing. Right. He was nothing. Last he had a chance to put up. the game away with the three pointer from the corner that I thought was going to go in. It was a great. That's a great play, by the way. Being up one, getting an open three, especially in this day and age in basketball, that's a two possession game right there. Dude, you that was that ball down. game. If he, that's a, that's yes, that. it's dagger. Going to get that. It was going to be that with nineteen seconds. But to think go. about how all of that stuff went in Michigan's favor, and it just. Well, no, but then the fact Michigan caught another break because Johnny Zhujang's a 91% free throw shooter. Missed the second. He missed the second one, left the door open because they were going to foul if they got Oh, UCLA? Absolutely. UCLA was fouling. They weren't going to allow that. Didn't happen. So now if if you're Michigan, I I would say that the season hits you. If you're a Michigan fan, the season hits your expectations. Now, I do think the expectations changed once you became one of the top teams. But you weren't picked to win the Big Ten. You won the Big Ten. Yep. You had the coach of the year. But then you found out, as I keep telling people, the hardest game to win in the NCAA tournament, aside from the championship game, is the Elite Eight game. A lot of teams can make it to the Elite Eight. A lot of teams can't win that game. There's pressure on there because it's the one thing in sports that's coveted almost more than a national championship. The Final Four. It's not called the road to the national championship. It's the road to the Final Four. Yep. It's Think about it. No other sport covets – being one of the top four teams. Well, and also at the Final Four, you get a nice fat trophy right. if you win your region. You cut so, down the nets. You do a lot of things. There's a lot of pressure. And I honestly, I thought that if Michigan had played Alabama, Michigan was cutting down the nets. They could have beat Alabama, but 
UCLA. Oh, they would have beat Alabama. Alabama was very similar to LSU and FSU. Dude, and the I, way I, that they I, I tried telling Mike, I'm like, when, when you when the bright lights come on for Alabama, they fold all season long. Whenever they had that big game where they can just come out here and enforce their will, ESPN, it's on CBS. <clears throat> it's like, and wah, wah. Yeah, you got nothing. And if you don't have solid coaching, solid X's and O's, solid offense, and then also understand how to play defense and then change to those, that's one thing I got to give Juwan Howard a lot of credit for is him using timeouts early in the game to get his guys set. Mm -hmm. I love it. I wish Tom Izzo did it more where he lets his guys play out. He was phenomenal in that, especially in the first half. When they got down and, and Juzang hit, what, two threes in a row, instant timeout. Mm-hmm. Don't let that happen. Now, it continued to happen, but that kid was making some tough shots. Yeah, it was just at the end, man. It was. You're, you're, I guess you designed plays for open shots, but you were only down two. And you kept trying to go for the kill. So instead many of teams the, the want that three, man. You know what? You go to overtime. Uh, Riley was already out of the game for them. He had already fouled out, so that was you would have had the advantage Dickinson down low. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you got to think chess, not checkers. Right. Okay. And going to halftime or going to overtime is a success for Michigan Lane. Let's drive in lane. Maybe we get an old-fashioned and one, but it was jack three, jack three, jack three, jack three uh, from two guys who were two you know, two for 17 shooting. The Wagner one at the top of the key, I mean, you got to shoot that shot when you're that open and you can shoot the three. Yeah, but. I, I mean, I think he looked at it like, oh, my God, I can't a, believe I think I'm it was this bad, open. It was a bad switch, and he could have drove the lane and literally dunked the ball with no time left. Well, think about what he did against Florida State at the end of that game. How many times he took it to the rack and just easily laid yeah. it in? I mean, it was a bad switch. He was out there. And the lane was there. I think he thought about it for a second, and maybe that's why he airballed the shot. But it was like, dude, go. There's there's nobody there. Dunk that thing, and you dunk it with, you know, it's a tie game with one second to go. You go to overtime, take your chances in overtime. But they go to overtime, I think they win that game. How many times out of ten do you think UCLA wins that game against Michigan? Probably three or four times out of ten. I think the UCLA – I said UCLA is was a, a a poor man's version of Michigan. They played a similar style. They just didn't have the – UCLA, put it this way, UCLA had probably the better two players on the court, but Michigan had a better team. Absolutely. So it was one of those, if if Jaquez or, uh, or Zhang was, goes off, you can't stop him. And Zhang did. Jaquez, nothing. Nothing. Against Michigan State, this kid couldn't miss. It was incredible what he did against but, Michigan State. And as I said before, Michigan didn't – this is the other reason why they missed Isaiah Livers. You didn't have that second person to guard. You got to pick your poison. Do we stop Jaquez? Do we stop Zhang? Michigan State said, we're going to stop Zhang. So they put Aaron Henry on him, and Jaquez just lit up everybody who touched him. And the same went for Michigan. It looked like they said, we're going to stop Jaquez. And Zhang went off with 28-some points last Crazy. Week. It's crazy to think If that- you have livers, you would have had a body on both guys, and you could have probably limited Zhang. But he's off Final Four. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and it's a funny thing, because before we go, because, you know, talking with Mike Valeni, 
And he's like, well, you know, you got to get the transfers in. And it's like, you know, Izzo's gotten transfers. People, when you, when you get transfers, if they don't work out, well, you got the wrong one. Guys, you, there's really the only way you, you're taking used property and hoping that you could turn it into something. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to, you know, a, a rummage sale. You're going to a secondhand store and hoping that you found this Picasso. Yeah, but you also know going into that store what, exactly what you're looking for. Right, but you don't know if it's going to fit, if it's going to be the exact fit when you get home because you don't have the opportunity to take it home, try it, and return it. I would say, though, because you, you look at some, because I said Joey Hauser was this transfer coming in who was going to be all that. He wasn't. But you, the, you, you swing and miss on transfers more than you strike it rich. But people only see the transfers that you strike it rich, rich with. But I feel like Izzo's done pretty well with his transfers he's that he's done gotten. Okay. From Bryn Forbes, I mean, Aaron Harris, I mean, he struggled at times. Um, who's the other? Brandon Wood. Brandon Wood was okay. Then you know you you had the Ben Carters of the world. Oh yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah I mean he's, <laughs> he, he he's brought in transfers, but just because you bring in people, just think like, oh well, this Tyson Walker is going to be all that because look at whatever. Like Juwan struck it rich with Chandy Brown and Mike Smith, big time. It's not to say that if he goes back to the transfer portal, you could strike. You're going to strike out more. I mean, people in football, you see the same thing. People see the. Oh, the Jalen Hurts of the world, or you know, they they see the Justin Fields, but then there's quarterbacks who go to other teams and they just bomb. Well, and and think about, I mean, Michigan should have had another transfer on their team this year. In what, what was his name, Nogel Eastern, the kid right. from Purdue, but that didn't have the grades. I don't know what happened, but imagine if that kid would have been on the team too, where his best quality as a basketball player is not on the offense end; it's on the defensive end. No, I, honestly, I think if he's there, I don't think you get Mike Smith because I think Mike Smith was a late ad. Is that? Okay. So well, Michigan, then I would take Michigan that as won. a win. Yeah, Michigan won on that one. Because as much – And that's the other thing, too. When it co- I don't mean to cut you off, Evan, but when it yeah. comes to transfers, kind of like going to a secondhand store. You don't know what's going to be in the store today, this afternoon, or tomorrow. So you got to make a choice right then and there. Is this the guy I want? Because I don't know if I can sit around and wait and come back tomorrow and think about it. Right. You got to jump immediately. And when you do that, a guy later on that day, maybe the guy, like, oh, we should have waited for this guy or we had a better opportunity for this. Like, think about teams that already took a a combo guard, didn't know that Rocket Watts was going to be available. Like, oh, geez, we could have went after Rocket. And it makes you also think about – looking at high school kids too because would you rather have a kid like rocket watts who has two years of experience of high level division one basketball or do you want a shooting guard from denver well that lit up the high school I, I think what you're going to see now is teams will probably try to hold off on the scholarship you won't see oh you know we got an extra scholarship so we're going to give it to the team manager we're going to give it to the uh, hoybergs of the world yeah, that's not happening. You're not going to see it where now it's like, okay, well, if we got an extra scholarship, let's go and let's get that kid from Oakland. Or let's, you know, let's get that kid out of U of D. He was pretty good when he played us last year. See if he wants. Oh, to you saying they're getting Antoine Davis? No, no, <laughs> no. no, they're not getting Antoine Davis. But it's just one of those that I, I think that you're going to see, a, like Mel Tucker's doing in football. Yeah, I'm going to recruit my own guys, but I can also address an instant need. So if I. If you have a team that's missing a player, 
yeah, you, you get a freshman, but you also get the guy that can help you right now. So once again, Michigan State's got Jay Nakins coming in who will be the, probably the point guard of the future. But while you're doing that, we're going to bring in a guy who actually has three years of eligibility left in Walker. So if this works out, you know, you guys are going to run this team. I don't know what A.J. Hogarth's, you know, what his situation is going to be. Maybe he goes more to a combo type of guard. Um, and, and we'll have to see. Like, you know, for Hogarth and Maddie Sissoko, those are two guys that, that definitely need the, uh, the money ball. They need to develop their game. I'm I'm intrigued to see uh, Maddie play over the summer. What he becomes I'm, next I'm, year because his confidence went up. Dude, I'm hoping Moneyball comes back. Did you ever go to Moneyball? No, I've watched all the clips. I mean, it's it's essentially like the Drew League or whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's the it's, top of the top. It's college AAU is what it is. Exactly. So, and, but yet you'll see like Denzel Valentine come back or right, Cassius yeah, come right, back. Yeah, or, guys, you know, Draymond's come back. Uh, Denzel's come back and played in that game. I'm trying to think. I think like I, I wouldn't think be surprised. Miles came back. His Miles came back. I wouldn't be year. surprised if Jaron came back and played in the game. It's like the alums come back and they just suit up and they play. And it's a straight show, right? Right. Like it's, players it's, just show out there. And yeah, as I as I laugh, there's referees out there. But I asked the ref, has anybody ever filed out of Moneyball? No, no, <laughs> nobody filed. They're out there to make sure things don't get out of hand. You, right. You get your fourth file, and then it's just like, unless you punch somebody. It'll be like summer league games. You right. can have twelve falls. Right. Yeah. Right. So no, it, it's but certain people need that. Hoger needs to develop a jumper. That's what Hoger he needs. Need to, he needs to develop something because I don't know what he does. Well, he can put his head down and get to the rim. He can put his head down and pick up a charge. A few times, yes. So <laughs> Hoger needs to develop a game. Maddie Sissoko needs just actual playing time. He just out needs there. development. Uh, you know, I think Marble needs some playing time out there. So that those are. Because if not, you're probably looking at maybe a couple of more guys leaving the team, and, and I think the state would probably try to pick up a big man. Now, if they get Amani Bates, you're probably okay with Bates and then with Bingham, Sissoko, and, uh, and, and, and Marble. I think you'd be okay with those big men down low. Who weighs more, Bates or Bingham? <laughs> uh, Bingham. Just based on height, right? Oh, no, Bates is Bates. <laughs> Bingham looks at Bates and says, dude, go eat a sandwich. Okay. Let's just I put mean, it like that. I've Bates always is, seen him on tape. Bates is thin. He's a thin, but he's thin. so is Durant. Durant I mean, was. Bingham, at least Bingham has hit the weight room, so he's got muscle. Like, Bates is just thin. He's They're going to have to, yeah, they're going to have to work on him. And I think, you know, we'll see what happens. Non-COVID related, the team can work out and do things because that's really what hurt the development of A.J. Hoger because Laugh or not, because people are like money ball is not real. Like guys, because Tum Tum scored forty five points. It's not that. It's the fact that they go out there with their peers. I remember the first game, Jaron Jackson played. He comes out and he's like thinking, you know, I'm a McDonald's All American. I played in all the high school All Star games, and he's posing for pictures. And he hit the court and realized, dude, all these guys out here hate you because. Oh, yeah. You got guys from Oakland and from U of D and from, you know, community colleges who wanted a scholarship at Michigan State, and this is their chance to prove I'm better than you. His very first game, he scored four points. He had four free throws. That was it. Miles Bridges introduced him to Moneyball. He threw his shot, I think, and it hit the, the, the rafters in the top of the gym. <laughs> I mean, it was like he 
it was an iconic picture because one one of the newspaper guys got the photo, and he was going in. Jaron was going in for like this dunk, and Bridges just met him at the rim and just crushed his soul. <laughs> but I think you're exactly right because it's the first taste yeah. you get of all college athletes. And at the end of the game, I went up to him. I was like, so how was your first Moneyball game? He's like, I, I didn't realize he took it this seriously. I, he said, I, honestly, I wasn't prepared for this. I, I thought it was just kind of going to be like a all-star game. all-star game. And people know that I'm the man and they were going to cater to me. It was like, no, they, he was like, yeah, and then he got better as it went up. But, oh, he got embarrassed because every time he got the ball, you know, everybody took it upon them to say, oh, this is the freshman coming in. This is the NBA guy. So now there's going to be a bunch of guys telling their grandkids, oh, I blocked his shot. Oh, he couldn't, he couldn't score on me. And it's true. Had a horrible game. Next game he scored six. Then he got better because he realized, I got to up my game. You need that. It, it, it acclimates the incoming freshman to what Big Ten basketball is going to be like. So we'll see what happens. But next year, Michigan, Michigan State basketball should be must watch TV. We'll see when the dust settles who's still on the team. But uh, for Michigan, they made it to the Elite Eight. It's further than I thought they would be at the beginning of the season, not as far as I thought they would be once the tournament started. Big Ten, that's disappointing. Pac 12. Unreal. We'll buy one down to you. You, you, you guys, yeah, you, you did it. You, uh, yeah, you, you got it. What, what they had? What four bids? They got a team in the final four. Yeah, Oregon oh. State, Oregon, USC. Yeah, and UCLA. UCLA, and uh, yeah, I don't see anybody. Oh, being what good three of them played in the Elite Eight? Yeah, and Crazy. it would have been four except for you know one. Played the other. Yeah. USC played Oregon. Yeah. So they eliminated one. It's crazy. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see what happens in the next Big Ten season. But, um, hey, it's over. I guess now we'll take our focus to football and see what happens. Michigan State spring game, the 24th. I think they may be picking up uh, – I think they can pro- – I think they may – they picked up – they may be picking up a transfer later on this week. So we'll be able to talk about that more in the next session. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about football and what's going on. Michigan's not having a spring game again. I don't know what they're going to do. I haven't seen much about them. No. And, uh, did Harbaugh make it to the game last time? Not that I'm aware of. Dan Leach made it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he did. That's all I got to say about that. Don't right. go watching <laughs> Final Four games with him. Uh, not the fun. I can only imagine. Not the most fun. Uh, my question for you this week, do you want to see the Final Four return to basketball stadiums? Not a football stadium. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I would. I so mean, do I. Uh, but they're not because they can make too much money. But every coach and every player will tell you the sight lines are so off. It's why you don't see high-scoring championship games and high-scoring Final Four games. Because you're used to playing in a gym. When you play in a football stadium, even if you raise the court, it's not the same. No, everything everything <clears throat> is different. I mean, your depth perception. And that's, which, that's what it is, is. It throws off your depth perception when you're, when you're not in there. And that's why you got low-scoring games. That's why if you're a gambler, I would just take the under in all the games. because. Yeah, what was the over-under on that game last night? Which one? The UCLA Michigan? and Michigan. <laughs> it should have been over-under 10. <laughs> <laughs> It was over under like one 
I think it was like over under 130. So the under had a good time. Oh, the night. under. It may have been. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think it was over under like 133. They could have spent that money with 10 minutes left to go in the game. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> difficult. Yeah, I, I would love it for them to go back to the arenas, but you're talking about the difference between, uh, you know, 75000 and 15000 Yeah. It's a lot of money. And as we know, the NCAA is a greedy bunch of bastards, so they're not giving them that They're money. all about the cash. So, no, that's why I at least like the, you know, the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8s are played in basketball arenas. Yeah. So it does still have that feel. When Michigan State defeated Duke, they played, you know, uh, I think where the Wizards play. Yeah, Washington, D.C. So it was, it was that was cool. You know, you play the game at, you know, LCA. Now, I don't know what's going to happen next year. <clears throat> Do they just forget about this year? Because the LCA was supposed to have. Uh, oh, that's that's right. Yeah, I have no idea because they already have you know next year's set because they announced that right. So over many years in a I row, I didn't know if they're going to push everybody a year or do everybody who had a tournament game this year just sorry we're going to buy you out. Here's a check, some little a little subsidy of some money you would have made, but we're just going to move on. Yeah, because so, like I said, I'm I knew that I was finally getting excited about sports again when I started looking up the Champions Classic for Michigan State. Uh, Kansas, they're going to play Kansas this go around. And I'm like, I was really hoping it's in Indianapolis so I can just drive there. Yeah. Rather than New York. If it's in New York, it's, I did it before. New York's just a hassle, man. It's, oh, I bet. Go to Madison Square. It's Garden. not, e- I mean, not it's parking. easy to get there because the, the train drops you off right there, but just, it's not close. It's something about being able to hop in the truck, drive down to Indy Park, go to the game. And then if I want to stay, fine. If I want to drive back, fine. If I get tired on the way, Fine, I'll get a hotel for the night. Right. Or, you know, maybe I just stop and load up on a bunch of caffeine drinks and just make it all the way back home about, you know, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, and just call it a day. So that's what I'm hoping for. Like, a battle for Atlantis, Michigan State's in, you know, over Thanksgiving holiday. But, yeah, I got to looking like, oh, my God, hopefully. Yeah. We can get back to normal where you get student sections and crowds, so. Let's hope, man. So, anyway, anything else for me? That is it. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, we talking some spring football for Evan. I'm Rico. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone. Thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate? Owning has a special for home purchases, where owning pays all your closing costs, and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice escrow and title services. Call 833-858-80066 for terms and conditions. That's 8332-OWNING or owning.com. 8332-OWNING or owning.com. Hi, I'm John Meacham, the host of Cadence 13's new podcast, Fate of Fact, on how America and its political parties got to where we are today. Available now on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.